greatest foe. Well, let us be your guide to what is worthwhile. David and Paul tell you now what crap you can bear. And if you don't like that, well, you can go to hell. Don't watch that. Hey, hey, hey. Hi everybody, welcome to Hey Watch This, I'm Paul Goebel. I'm David Bax. Congratulations, David. On what? Your new position as the Australian Minister of something. <laughs> yes, our friend from the Australian straw... What is it? Straw, straw Bailers. Yes. Society or whatever. Yep. a picture of an Australian... <laughs> I don't know, MP or whatever. Who looked just like it you. does look a lot like in, And I'm saying, the only way it looks different is that his hair is thinner in the front. But that's what you're going to look like in five, six years. Probably, yeah. Because it's already thinning. Yeah. But same haircut, same beard, same glasses. That was great. I wouldn't even my hair is thinning. I mean, your hair is thinning from what it used to be <laughs> thick of. What, 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 what other, what else I can that noticed, mean? And no one else has commented on that. Well, why would someone comment on it? I guess, hey, yeah, David, I guess, your hair's going away. Yeah, hey, David, people have more tact. Getting bald? What do you mean, tact? This is the moment to bring it up. I'm comparing you to another guy, and one of the differences is he has thinner hair. But I'm also using it as an opportunity to point out, since we're already talking about it, that you have thinning hair. All right. <laughs> That's fine. It's not like I walked up to you and went, Hi, David, your hair's thinning. <laughs> it's, it's a topic of conversation. Um, so congratulations to that. All right, Thank now, you. I want to ask you about Ghostbusters, because it premiered this week, like last night, I guess, was the big Hollywood premiere. Yeah. So all our, show, to my Instagram. All our showbiz friends are tweeting yeah. and taking pictures about it and all saying how much they loved it and stuff, uh, which is great. Um, and I was just, I was looking at the cast list, you know, Spoilers, but Bill Murray's in it. Dan Aykroyd's in it. I think uh, we knew that. Yeah. Um, is Ernie Hudson in it? Ernie Hudson is in it. Um, Annie Potts Annie is Potts. in it. Oh, that's cool. Obviously, Harold Ramis is not, and Rick Moranis is not. Sigourney but Weaver? Sigourney Weaver is in it. Yes. Really? Yeah. I, if you look on IMDb, all their names are in the fucking credits. So, everybody but the dead guy and the guy who won't leave his house are in the movie, right? Yeah. I'm, even so. I'm sure Slimer is in it. So, I don't know. It, the problem about, is... Um, William Atherton? Is he in it? No, I didn't see his name. But Ed Begley Jr. is in it. I think he plays that role. But here's the thing. like People have done reboots of shit before or remakes or just telling stories that they shouldn't have. The Wired movie in particular. The movie based on the book Wired by Bob Woodward about John Belushi. Oh, right. it's okay. really a shit book because if you don't know any better, it seems like it's a good book, but it's bullshit because most of the stuff in there are stories told secondhand by people who overheard them. And Bob Woodward's a great writer, so he makes it all sound true. And of course, you know, he's one of the president's men from all of the president's men. He's yeah. that guy, Woodward and Bernstein. So why would you doubt him? But 
John Landis and Carrie Fisher and many people who are in that book have come out and said that never happened. Or he told the story the wrong way. So it's a bullshit book. And the movie is even worse because it's a dramatization yeah. of this. And it's so fucking poorly made. I don't know if you've ever seen it. No, I've heard of it. Michael, um, what's his name? Imperial. My, no, no. The one who <laughs> plays John Belushi in that movie. Uh, the Kamish. Michael Chimino? Mike, no. No, he's dead. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, Chiklis. The Shield, yes. Yes. Michael Chiklis? Yes. Yeah, Michael Chiklis. Uh, I remember that because... Um, I don't know if I, uh, if I ever told this. Comic-Con years ago, it was, I went to the Dexter panel, and it was right after uh, Julie Benz's character had been killed off mm-hmm. on Dexter. And if you remember, she had that show with Michael Chiklis that was called, like... No Ordinary Family or Ordinary Family? Oh, yeah, where they were superheroes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so during the Q&A, someone asked, like, about Julie Benz being gone. And Michael C. Hall was like, she's fine. She's on that new show with Michael C. Hickless. Ah! Funny. (laughs) Yeah. That's good. Um, So, yeah, so he played John Belushi in that movie. And it was a fine performance, but he was very young at the time. And, you know, he was kind of up against it. It was like, who's even if you do give a great performance, no one's going to say hooray because everyone is against that movie. Yeah. Anybody in that movie who was not a famous person, they had to change their name. There's a character named Bernie Birnbaum who's supposed to clearly be Bernie Brillstein. Okay. Whereas Dan Aykroyd is Dan Aykroyd. But the guys, they get to play it. And I remember when it came out, it was right around the time SNL had their 20th anniversary, I think. And John... Uh, Jim Belushi and Dan Aykroyd came out and said hi. Jim Belushi said hi, everybody. I'm Jim Belushi, John's little brother, and Dan Aykroyd said, and I'm Dan Aykroyd, John's other little brother. Mm-hmm. And they and they're basically just saying first, you know, John was on the show. He's dead now. We're sad. And then I think Steve Martin did the same thing for Gilda. But they said, you know, for those of us who knew John and were there, we blah blah blah. And Dan Aykroyd said, and for those of us who don't know him and weren't there, you'll never know. And he was pointedly making a point about that movie. And he said in interviews, fuck that movie. I hope it dies. I'm sending every negative vibe I have out to that movie and anyone involved in it. And that was pretty much the prevailing uh, opinion of that movie. And I think it was justified, mainly because it was such a shit movie in the end. And I get that. What I don't get is when, when people say, oh, they're making a remake of this. And that's all they're mad about. That it's a remake. And many times the remake is better. Like True Grit, which isn't a remake of True Grit. No, it's based on the it's, same sort They're of both based on the same book. But we all know the second one, far superior to the first one. I, I've never seen the John I don't Wayne. care how great you think John Wayne is, Glenn Campbell's in the fucking movie. <laughs> okay? Glenn Campbell plays okay. the other guy in the movie. The Matt Damon character? Yeah. It's Glenn fucking Campbell. <laughs> now, at the time, he was, you know, a young heartthrob and all that. He looks great, but he's a bad actor. Yeah. So, so it's it's horrible, and uh, and also that Dennis scene is not in it. We all love that Dennis scene, right? Mm-hmm. In the in the original in the second one. So, um, but make another. Uh, uh, the best example, the Italian Job. Okay. The remake with Mark Wahlberg and those guys. Yeah. I love that movie. It's one of the few movies I saw twice in the theater. Huh. I love it so much. The original version with Michael Caine and Benny Hill is a 
fuck around of the highest degree. It's a bunch of English guys fucking around in Italy, getting drunk, fucking women. And this is happening off the set, right, by the yeah. way. Because what happens in front of the camera is just a fucking mess of 60s horse shit. It's almost unwatchable. Whereas The Ten Job is a great heist movie with great actors. Mark Wahlberg and um, Ed Norton. Donald Sutherland, most deaf is fucking in it. He's great. Is it Seth Green? Seth Green is hilarious. Yes, right. It's great been a cast. Long time. I saw that in the theater and probably not since. And and then other uh, you know smaller characters are in it here and there. It's a great fucking movie. And nobody said, oh, they remade it. No one gave a fuck. And this Ghostbusters thing is really getting old. Like at first. I get it. Oh, they're raping my childhood. I'm, I was a young boy with no friends. That's exactly what it is. It's the Italian job was seen by older people when they were young, an older generation. Right. Ghostbusters is a movie where the kids, boys especially, who saw it as kids, are coming up in the generation where the internet has empowered them right. to spew whatever they think whatever crosses their mind right out into the out into the world and so yeah. i think the backlash has a bigger uh, megaphone because of the internet sure. and there's more backlash because of the internet and it's all worthless it's all pointless of course it is and i'm willing to look at it that way but now the movie has come out and the reviews are Not good really, but yeah well the, uh it's being reviewed critics have seen it oh wait it has come out yeah it yeah, okay, well, it came out this weekend. It officially opens the 15th, but... No, oh. it, it, it opens this weekend officially. Yeah, okay. But I think there's probably a couple theaters here already playing it. The premiere was last night. Okay. The, the big premiere. But that but the critics have seen it, for sure. Reviews are already out. You know, Rotten yeah. Tomatoes already gave it a nice, whatever, 68 or something. It's not the greatest movie ever, but it's good, it's funny. It's what you'd expect from Ghostbusters with a bunch of funny people in it. And... Still, there are going to people who there are going to be people who say, "Yeah, but if they didn't get Rick Moranis, then why bother?" And the answer is because Rick Moranis is the worst Ghostbuster in all in both of those movies. Also, the answer is because grow up, <laughs> fucking yeah. grow up. But I'm, go see the movies that are made for you now. But I'm saying, listen, I mean, they're playing on in fewer screens. Yeah, uh, but just grow up. And but shut up. Just the argument, like, because because what it because what it comes down to is, the one person says you just don't want to see women Ghostbusters, and then the other person goes, no, no, that has nothing to do with it. You're making it about sexism, but it is about sexism, and here's why. Here's why, because if they because if they brought in Rick Moranis, who was a Ghostbuster and a dude, everyone would be fine with that, and yet they bring back Annie Potts mm-hmm. and uh, and Dana. Whatever Dana Wheeler, whatever her fucking last name was. Wasn't who, it Dana Barrett? Dana Barrett, who are not officially Ghostbusters because they never wore the uniforms. And yet, they did more to bust ghosts <laughs> than Lewis ever did. In fact, he got in the way. I mean, think about it. Okay. Aunt, uh, Annie Potts, Janine, that's your name, right? I don't It's been too long. She... She is the she's the one who says we got one and sends them out. She keeps that whole place running together even after it after the shit hits the fan and she realizes, "Oh no, this is a real job." She sticks around and does it. Mm-hmm. And then she's in the second movie and she babysits. She's a fucking ghostbuster. Okay. Dana, even though she's a victim in both movies, she clearly helps out 
and doesn't, you know, she doesn't like, she's not like, get the fuck away from me. And she doesn't, unlike, um, the, who is it in the second movie? Peter. Peter McNichol. Peter McNichol, who assists the ghosts yeah. almost willingly. She doesn't do that, you know? And in the second movie, she's not, uh, uh, she's not taken over. She's like, hey, help me protect my baby. So she helps bust the ghosts as well. And what does Lewis do in the second movie? Dresses up as a Ghostbuster and squirts the outside of the building and thinks he did something. But he does nothing. Remember that? He gets off the bus. He gets off the bus that Slimer is driving. And he's in his, the Ghostbuster costume. And he starts shooting the outside of the building, which does nothing. But when they're inside and then it's over with, uh-huh. he goes, thank you. Like he took, oh, takes right. credit for it. Yeah. But so okay, I don't know what you're mad. At. My, I'm mad because these <laughs> girls in the first Ghostbuster movie did more than Lewis did in the Ghostbuster movie, okay. and not and he not only was he a dude, but he had a Ghostbusters uniform. He was as official a Ghostbuster as you can get without being the first four, three or four. All right. So who cares if they're fucking girls? I don't. You're let's, dumb if you do. Yeah, let's move on. I'm tired of people being dumb. Um, I saw The Secret Life of Pets over so the weekend. I. What'd you think? I didn't like it very much. Really? I yeah. liked it some. It's not great. There's there's definitely some highlights. I love the um, the fantasy sequence and the land made of sausage. Yeah, <laughs> no, that was funny. I have a question about that. Was that real? No. I mean, they were in a sausage factory for real. Yeah, but then it was in their imagination. They were romping through this. Okay, so they weren't sausage. like going through the the machine and all that. It was more like there was sausage on the floor everywhere and they kept eating it. Yeah, well, they got up on the conveyor belt at one point. For yeah, real. It seemed like it would be dangerous. But yeah, that, well, it is. But wasn't it, it was, I mean, I, I'm not trying to bag a movie and, and I'm not saying that they, that they're the first movie to do this, but it's Toy Story, right? It's, pretty well, much every, every good animated movie. It's Toy that, Story. It's also Finding Nemo and Finding Dory. Because no, no, no. Search. No, no. Um, no. 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 Okay. It might be Finding Nemo and Finding Dory because the point is there's humans in it. It's So it's not... I mean, it's about one group of animals searching for the other animals. You know right. What I mean? But it's so also... You've got two teams uh, yeah. of animals just like in, in Finding Nemo. But it's also got that undercurrent of it's basically literally a subculture of Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Earth. It's Toy Story like that. Toy Story, they, they don't move when you're... The pets don't rock and roll and eat filet mignon when you're around. And the fish don't what when you're around? Talk to each other? I think they do talk to each other. We just don't speak fish. But I'm uh, it's saying... also... The other movie that it is is Baby's Day Out, which was a movie that yes. you know, when I was a kid. But that's, it's about, that's it's about, only it's one about, baby. Um, but it's a, it's shenanigans over the course of Manhattan. Like a day in Manhattan and in everything Chicago, crazy... Baby's Day Out of Chicago? It's shot in Chicago, that's for sure. I could have sworn it was Manhattan. And it's a John Hughes movie. Uh, I'm sure that's true. And Joe Montana's in it. Yeah, I saw it when I was a kid. I don't remember that that well. Chicago. Um, But also, uh, like, it's the I'm saying the same plot. There's a new toy slash dog and an old toy slash dog. They don't get along. And because they don't get along... They find themselves out on the street and they have to get home. No, you're right. It is closer to Toy Story than I realized. And the little girlfriend of the dog says, hey, everybody, let's all get together and help them. And they have to enlist the help of the bad pets. Yeah. Just like in Toy Story. As much as I like Kevin Hart in general, Uh 
My least part, favorite part of this movie is Kevin I thought Hart. he was hilarious. Because he's never not shouting. That's what I he's thought always so funny. At the top of it, He's at the top That's of why movies. I liked it. Uh, the they, whole time I thought this was really, him. Really okay, now I'm glad you saw it though because I'm going to spoil a big part of it. They missed... All our listeners saw it too. The funniest scene in the movie. They missed an opportunity. For the best scene in the movie. Alright, lay you, it on me. Do you know what it is? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well first of all, for those of you who haven't seen it... Every once in a while, when uh, the rabbit, Kevin Hart, is going off about whatever, he'll talk about his friends, and he'll talk about his dead friend, Little Ricky, Uh who was a duck. Yeah. And he'll say how Ricky didn't give a fuck, he would just start fighting no matter what. Uh And then he died. And then you see he's a duck, and to me, just that was funny, because it made me think of like those videos you see of ducks attacking people for no reason. Yeah, or geese. Or geese, right? Yeah, no, it got, in the theater, every every cut to, every mention of Ricky got a big laugh. Funny, right? And also that video, and I was like, yeah, because ducks, I mean, other birds do that, but because ducks and geese are bigger, they're the only ones who, like, really will attack mm-hmm. a human for no reason. A dog, obviously, is like, a dog doesn't just run up and start attacking you. He barks and scares you mm-hmm. away. But d- ducks don't fuck around, and that made me laugh. But I thought, so, at the end of the credits, there's going to be this scene of him and Ricky, right? Like a flashback flashback. to him and Ricky, maybe showing how Ricky died. Maybe it's him holding Ricky in his arms. No! It turns out, you know, he died in some weird way. Maybe it's just him and Ricky sitting quietly for two minutes. And finally a guy walks by and they both watch him. And then the rabbit looks at Ricky. And they look back. And that's it, right? There's a million (laughs) things you could do. Unless this next Secret Life of Pets 2 is a prequel... <laughs> or is uh, it's on the DVD a short yeah, The, the Adventures Life, of Life Bun- and Death and Ricky Bunny and Ricky yeah they fucking blew it I mean I, how do you set up something that everybody wants to see that is so guaranteed funny and you don't yeah, put I, it anywhere in your movie I was expe- I was expecting to not agree with whatever you were going to say but you're right that would have been cool there was something in the end credits I can't remember what it was now. Uh, it wasn't the very, very end. But that was yeah. one of those like, mid-credits things? Yeah, it was, I think, them going back down to the sewer and some shit happened. Oh, was it like the funeral service for the Viper? Maybe. Is that what it was? Yeah. Because that Viper dies? Yeah. yeah. Some animals died in this movie, which is weird. I didn't yeah. expect that. Well, that uh, was an accident. It's not like they were murdered. The Viper, yeah. That was an accident. And then animals die in the sewer. Here's what I liked about the movie. Cause I like the alligators in the sewer because that's yeah. like a New York urban legend. Yeah, and, I, and all of them. Well, like, it also makes sense that the rabbit and the duck would be friends. Maybe that's the flashback. It's, they were both Easter gifts. Because <laughs> that happens a lot. People give bunnies as Easter gifts uh-huh. and six months later they get rid of them. Right. So they were both Easter gifts. That's why they were so tight. They both grew up and whatever and like... Maybe they were like, well, we got to get rid of this bunny. Eventually, the, the kid's like, I don't care what you do. And they say, okay, great. Well, we're going to chop up the duck and eat it. But this bunny's going, we're going to give him a ride to the country. Mm-hmm. And then they hear that and go, we're breaking out of here. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would be fucking great. Uh, but they didn't do it. I'll say, I know this is the people who made the Minions movie. Mainly because there was a Minions short in yeah, front of it. Yeah, wasn't funny. Nope. Um, and I don't really find the minions all that funny to begin with, but I liked this more than Despicable Me or any of those other ones. And you know, even like like most people, you watch and go, "Well, it's not a Pixar movie, 
so it can't be as good. You know what I mean? You watch it and go, well, it's not Toy Story, so it can't be as good as Toy Story. Which I think is kind of sad, because then you watch a movie like Wreck-It Ralph, which looks like a Pixar movie, but is not. And it ends up being a piece of shit. And you go, hmm, why is that Pixar movie not very good? Because Wreck-It Ralph sucks. Um, A lot of people disagree with you. Yeah, they're wrong, though. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Record Ralph either, so... No, that movie's I'm, bullshit. I'm not going to argue with you. Um, uh, and I also just watched Spectre last night. What the fuck? I don't know. I didn't see that. What a piece of shit. It's, honestly, it's like the, the worst script I have ever seen for a James Bond movie. Shit just... It's like a fucking... Uh, like a cliffhanger. It's like they put five cliffhangers together. You know what I mean? And made them a movie. Because mm-hmm. okay. at one point... The big end, uh, uh, what's his name? Christoph Waltz says, well, I'm going to set this bomb for three minutes so you can say, spend three minutes rescuing a girlfriend or save yourself and get out. Wow. I've never heard that before. Brilliant. <laughs> but then he goes and rescues her and the whole fucking building falls apart. And then they come out the back on a boat and escape. Where'd this fucking boat come from? <laughs> Ridiculous. He had so much trouble finding her, but the boat, yeah, he knew there was a boat down there. The whole fucking movie's like that. It's fucking horseshit. There's one point where he steals this super car that was supposed to be for 009. He basically steals it from Q because he needs it. And he's being chased, and there's no way he's not going to get caught. So he clicks a button, and then the, sh- the car goes off the road. Into, like, the channel. Uh-huh. And they show it. It's down there, and, like, dudes are down there looking for him. It's gone. It's a nice, expensive car at the bottom of the river. He's gone. Next shot is him gliding down into the street because he has a parachute on. He unhooks it. He's in a perfect suit and walks away. End of scene. Again, I've seen that before. So though, But that's only one of two gadgets he has. So the first gadget he has is the ejector seat. Uh, I think I might have heard of that when I was 10. Uh-huh. The second gadget he has is the exploding watch. Now, if you don't know what that means, <laughs> it's a watch that might explode. <laughs> I know that's kind of technical. Jesus Christ. Is this Q guy like 10 years old? <laughs> I made you a clay pot, but I purposely put a lot of bubbles in it. So when they put it in the kiln, it's going to make a lot of noise. That's yeah, his That's new, a good one. Yeah? Yeah. Hey, I have a gun. Okay, look. Look, look, Bond. I made you a gun. And it's got a lighter at the end. And it, uh, an aerosol. A can of aerosol uh-huh. on the trigger. So first you have to light the lighter and you pull the trigger. And it's like a uh-huh. flamethrower. Yeah. Right? That's here's the new... A, here's a pen... If you take it apart, you can totally shoot spitballs with it. <laughs> Ridiculous. Here, here's an umbrella. If it starts to rain, open it, hold it over yourself. <laughs> All right, anything All right. you want to complain no. about? No. All right, I so said, let's talk. I, I said to the, before we recorded to keep the fucking around to, the, to a minimum. Yeah. We have not done that so not far. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about the British Bake Off, which is nothing but an hour-long fuck-around. We were supposed to watch the second episode, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Um, so here's what I'm going to say. This is my only my second time watching the show. The first one is when you made me watch it the first time. It's got... The good things about the show have gotten better. The bad things have gotten much, much worse. Okay, what are the bad things? The bad things are, of course, first and foremost, the hosts. 
the in- fucking absolute incorrect. worst. They're the best. They're they're terrible because they're they're not just making off the cuff jokes. They're making written, rehearsed jokes that are still not funny. That I cannot stand. Secondly, if I have to see that blonde lady's fucking mouthful of chiclets one more time, I'm gonna punch her so she goes to the dentist and gets it fixed. What are you talking about? The blonde host, her teeth are perfect English teeth, by which I mean completely fucked up. I hate looking at them. That's on you. Okay, fine. Yeah, that is on you. I didn't even notice that. You've never looked at her teeth? No. The other thing is uh, the other host, when they go, ready, set, Yeah. I fucking hate it. Nothing, they're not clever, they're not smart, they're not cute. It is, oh, it's definitely cute. It is so The whole show is adorable. That's, but that's the biggest problem. There are things about the show that are legit adorable. Every, first of all, every female contestant on that show is a sweetheart. I don't care if they're brown, white, Asian, black, old, or young. Uh-huh. They're the sweetest woman ever. Have you <laughs> noticed that? No, uh, no cunts, no bad oh, women. Um, I'm talking in the re- in the terms of reality okay, shows. There's okay. no black bitches. No, no. That, that's true of the men too. No one. Everyone is there to be. Yeah, I'm, but I'm talking about women in particular. Um, and so then compared to these real legit nice ladies who are the contestants. These two chicks who are trying to be all cute and clever doesn't work. They're, it, it's all a fucking put on and the shit that's written for them. When she goes down and is like, here, put all the food in my mouth. I was like, uh-huh, that's kind of funny. And then they let it go on too long. And she goes, come on, help me out. What? Why did you have to do that? You ruined what is a nice serviceable joke nope. by thinking you were too funny. Nope. It got funnier. No, I disagree. I would, I would say in the... In our household, Mrs. Howell and I, definitely a big laugh on that follow-up, the tag to that. Mm. Well, we all know you guys have a pretty low bar when it comes to what makes you laugh. Sure, I was always a fan of you. Ah, shit! (laughs) David Max, ladies and gentlemen! (laughs) You summon a batch. Oh, that reminds me that I meant to talk about this like three weeks ago when you and David talked about watching me... You mean Tyler? Yeah, who are you? I'm David. Oh, yeah, when you and Tyler... Talked about me. Uh, I'm glad this week we recorded late enough in the day for you to get totally fucking high. I'm not. I told you. There's. I don't know what happened. My breakfast didn't agree with me. I'm a little. Uh, I'm a little out of it. But uh, when you talked about me on Battleship Pretension, going to the taping and watching me, yeah, is the very nice things that you guys said. Because oh. Brooke, I don't listen to your show. Obviously, just like you don't listen to anything. We, we're both too busy to listen to podcasts. Yeah. Uh, once in a while, I will listen to Jim's show because it's always funny. But uh, Brooks, but Brooke does. She listens uh-huh. to everybody's show, and she said, "Yeah, David and Tyler said some very nice things about you." So I listened to it, and, I, and that was right. It was very nice of you. Uh, and it's funny that you said that because, like, I don't know, Tyler is a little like as we've gotten to know each other, you've made it clear that how did you describe it? You've gone. I've gone from the guy you used to watch on TV in college yes. to the guy whose calls you don't return. <laughs> that was a joke I made years ago. That. Right. Clearly stuck with you because you've referenced it multiple times. Well, it's times. still true. <laughs> but Tyler is a little different. Maybe because we don't see each other uh, every week for the past three years. But Tyler is a little more reverential mm-hmm. uh, to me. So he's still, uh, I don't know, maybe he enjoyed it. Maybe when you guys were sitting on your couch in college 
with a stack of pillows between you so you wouldn't turn gay. Why do you remember that? <laughs> Maybe he... From, that was from the first time you were on Battleship Pretension that mm-hmm. we talked about that putting pillows between us on the... You floor. understand I made my living answering trivia questions for a while, yeah, right? Yes. I have a good memory. Not short term, I've blown that, but my long term is still intact. I think most comedians and performers in general tend to remember when people are talking about them. <laughs> Well, that's true. You have a really great memory for things people said about you. Yes, most narcissists <laughs> are like that. But that was very nice of you guys to say those nice things about me, especially because uh, I, 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 honestly, if I hadn't won, I probably would have thought I tanked it. I probably would have gone away thinking, man, I blew it. Um, so what okay, about? Okay, back to the Great British Bake. Okay, so now the dudes on the show are great too, um, and I don't mind. Anything they do because there are no dude hosts and there's a dude judge. The dude judge, but then oh, the Hollywood. the judges. Here's the best part of the show, honestly. Well, they make great stuff. If you like baking shows and cooking shows, this show is is there for sure. If you like to see people make cool stuff that looks delicious, and you want you're interested in baking, like Brooke loves it because she would love to bake, but a she doesn't want to eat cakes and pies and right. cookies all the time, and B, it's fucking tough. She's an amazing cook, but even she recognizes that baking is fucking ridiculously hard sometimes. Yeah, it's very meticulous. That's yeah. why the technical challenge thing is such an awesome idea for a, right. for a segment. And yeah. They, for those who don't watch the show, the technical challenge is one of the judges, they, <laughs> oh, they alternate each week, picks a whatever, a pastry, whatever fits into whatever their theme is for the week. This week right. was about... Biscuits, meaning cookies. Uh-huh. Um, and so Paul picked a uh, flat French cinnamon cookie called an oulette, I think it was what it was called. Something like that, yeah. And uh, so the premise is everyone gets the same ingredients and they get a, a recipe, but certain elements of the recipe will be left out. Well, it's so pretty, say like, it's pretty it'll basic. It'll say like, bake it 300 degrees, but it won't say for how long. Like, right. That or, kind of thing. And it'll say, make a flour Right. They'll say make some dough. <laughs> right. It won't give you the specifics. You got to decide yourself how how you want the dough to be. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. and then there's no pictures, so yeah. that's the other thing with any kind of baking, cooking, whatever. You want a finished product, so you know what you're going for. Yeah, and it, and especially oh. in baking, which is something else the show does that I love. Um, on it does it on both the so there's three challenges a week. The first one is um, I can't remember what they call the first one. Um, Signature. The signature challenge, then you've got your technical challenge, then you've got your showstopper. Yes. And on both the signature and the showstopper, they do a thing where they have very lovely drawings, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Of what, like, here's what Alvin's going to make. And oh, yeah, look, like an animation. And it, Yeah, it'll look like, you know, I have, like, notes, and it'll look great yeah. in the picture, yeah. which is kind of as, like, pleasant and, and, and kind-hearted as the show is, it is kind of a... A mean thing to do to say, here's the absolute best way this could look. Let's see how good a job they do yeah. making it live up to that. Especially when they're what they're describing is like the baby crawling up trying to get the cookies that out of the thing. I, I was like, I, as soon as she said that, I went, that's not going to work. Yeah. And even the picture they showed, I was like, that doesn't look like a baby. Yeah, it looks like a slug. <laughs> right? So that was a fucking bomb. Uh, yeah, that... The the contestants are great, and also because it's in England, they don't have a problem putting a lot of women and a lot of people of color on the show. Well, thank God. I mean, like post Brexit, which is like so much of that of the of the Leave campaign was racist. Yeah, um, yeah. It's and great there's... to see in uh, you know to 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 still be getting a picture of a uh, warm hearted, open, multicultural uh, Britain. 
Yeah, and that, yeah, and so that was cool. And uh, and dudes who like to bake, just uh, I I like the fact that this isn't you know a celebrity chef show. That's you know that's why Brooke watches Master Chef because because they're just dudes. But the best part of the show, uh, aside from the fact that there's no drama. Uh, you know they don't manufacture anything on this show. They don't right, manufacture yeah. fights or drama or even time. You don't. You never get fifteen minutes, guys. Uh-huh. Finish it up, please. You, you get some of that, but yeah. But you know, it's it. The drama is all about them talking, like not showing them and going oh shit, 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 and freaking out. But you know, sometimes things don't go wrong. Like when that woman's top lid broke. Yeah, and she said, "Fuck, it just broke." <laughs> And it wasn't like a freak out. And it wasn't like they went dun dun dun. What I liked um, during the technical this this week uh, that you never see on cooking shows, but they actually gave us a glimpse of the fact that in the technical, there's long stretches of time where they have to just put shit in the freezer and wait for it to cool. Right. And so you see people just like sitting. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was funny that they. Whereas, that. yeah, but on other cooking shows or design shows or whatever, they show them sitting and being really nervous. Right, right, right. Because they want to show it's tense. It's all manufactured. It's it doesn't work on me, so it's boring. But they use that downtime to talk to them. It's like, so right. what are you making? Uh, do you make this at home? Now, obviously, they don't use the whole interview, but some of it's chatting. And sometimes they're like, so you're a fireman, right? Right. Yeah. And then but they talk about that. Shit. What's interesting about that approach, though, of not like making stuff seem, you know, blowing stuff out of proportion, is that it actually makes the stuff when Alvin's like. Uh, biscottis were soft or like and he knew like I didn't I'm not going to have enough time to bake these as much Mm -hmm. you know it's a big deal to him because they haven't made everything seem like a big deal and like cancel it out so like even though it seems like oh the biscottis are too soft it's like doesn't seem like a big deal in the real world you get that it's a big deal to him yeah like he could be he could go home for yeah there's three or four things that happened uh, on this episode like that when the host broke the chick's box yeah (laughs) <laughs> and they didn't want to make a big deal out of it, but the host just said, all right, well, it's my fault. I'll take the heat. Yeah. And I guess it ended up not mattering because she wasn't in the top or the bottom anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like, who cares? But then there's that. Then there's uh, when that guy made that thing to make his round cake box. Like oh, he yeah, manufactured yeah. that. And everyone was like, and even the ho- the judge was like, oh, that's pretty uh, neat. Good luck. I hope it works. <laughs> it wasn't like you went, great idea, or went, um, that's not going to work for you. He honestly was like, good luck, we'll see. Yeah, I So like, that's real drama. I like that Paul Hollywood is like, he's not overly sweet like or nice. Like, he's honest. 100%. And like, when the one guy was, I can't remember his name, was making the biscottis with the chocolate flour, and he was like, that's going to be tough to tell if they're right all the way or tell not. Tell when they're done. The and then just like, leaves with that. Like, he's yep. like, good luck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that uh, that is the best part of the show. And I could see watching it just for them because obviously they know what they're talking about. Uh, they know what's good and what isn't. They know that in terms of baking, it's first taste, then presentation. Mm. And, then, uh, and then more so, they're like, and not just taste. Like, okay, we're making biscotti. Biscotti's have to taste good, but what's the main thing about them? They're hard. They snap. Right, they yeah. soak up coffee. So the, and like the whole cookie thing. All right, we're not just making cookies, but you also have to make a thing to put them in. Most people are going to use gingerbread, which they did. But then it's like get creative. I'm going to make a tea thing and put tea cookies inside. I was yeah. like, fucking great. Does have you ever had Earl Grey cookies? No, they're good. really good. It does sound good, and they're even better with tea, like cream tea. Fucking delicious. So that's great. 
And they're like, oh, that's a good idea. And they never shut down any ideas. They, Like he said, they might say this is going to be tough. Or they might say, I've tried this before and it's never worked for me. But when the best thing is when it does work, they're the first ones to say, amazing, great yeah. job. I can't, can't believe that worked, but man, you, you nailed it. And, and they do it. And when they're first testing the dishes, it's just them. No hosts. They're talking to each oh, other. Right. So, you know, when they're sitting at the table and they're just eating it and yeah, talking yeah. about it, that's great because they don't have to show off. They don't, they're just talking to each other and us. It's a private conversation yeah. for the judges to show us what they're looking for and why things are good. And they're honest about it. You know what I mean? They're not celebrity, fucking big time celebrity chefs who have three shows on five different networks. Right. Although Mary Berry did make the journey uh, across the pond here when last... Last winter, they did the great holiday baking show. Do you remember that? Well, yeah, same uh, show though. Yeah, but they didn't have Paul Hollywood. They had some other guy, but it was Mary Berry. Bob London. Uh, yeah, it was Bob London. Um, well, it sounds like you liked the show a lot more than you did last time. Mm-hmm. You gonna keep watching? No, no, because I can't stand the hosts. Honestly, if they, okay. if they, first of all, I don't know why every English fucking reality show has to have two hosts. Didn't we learn that when American Idol came over here, they wanted to have two hosts? One season later, it was proven. No, that doesn't work. Because well, clearly, it works in England. It doesn't work in or it works in Britain. I don't it think it work works in Britain. Britain. I think they've convinced themselves it does, <laughs> but it doesn't. Ant and Deck, these two ladies. Now you don't need two hosts. I, sometimes you don't need a host at all for a reality show. You yeah. know what I mean? I guess okay. I like them though. So agree to disagree. Just come over here. Get someone who's not a yeller, like not a celebrity chef, but someone like the Chrissy Teigen show. Is I think one of the best. I think it's on VH1. I don't know about this. Oh, you never seen it? No. It's a Chrissy. It's just a competition reality show that Chrissy Teigen makes. It's on VH1, so they make kind of more, I don't know, hipper dishes for younger people. Okay. And it's young, young people, but it's more fun. You know, it's like a VH1 type version. But that one seems more real because Chrissy Teigen, being a model, she uh, is concerned about nutrition and what she eats, but she's also a real person. She wants to make it clear. I'm, you know, I like to eat food. I'm not yeah. a weirdo model. And she, you know, her celebrity status jumped way up high when she married John Legend. So, uh, okay. so why not? You know, why not have her as host? Yep. But they could. I think they could do this whole fucking thing without those. Have the two judges say all the things they say, and instead of going ready, set, bang, just go off. You go. I, I, I agree it would probably work, but uh, I would definitely miss miss them. I also like that they're in these tents outside on some British manor or something. Yeah. They're not in a house. They're not in a big uh, uh, industrial kitchen. No. Where everything's noisy. <laughs> and my favorite thing is, because it's like a, it's a real manor that like has cheap, like it's a working farm. Yeah. Every once in a while, you just see someone walking around outside the Or tent. a lamb or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A sheep walks by. <laughs> yeah, but I like it. I like it because, well, I like it when it's a nice day, but sometimes it's a shitty day. Yeah. And, and the sun's not out, so I'm like, oh, this isn't a good episode. But they do it, I like it with, that too. within one episode. It's like that. Yeah, because you know? each one takes place over two days. Yeah. So, all right. All right. So I will say. I want to say, as far as cooking shows go, it is one of the better ones because okay. I don't think I watch any cooking shows. And also because, like we said, the stuff they make looks delicious. Mm-hmm. I'd say 80% of shit on cooking shows, you go, hmm, that looks nice, but I would never eat it. It's got a squid in it, you know? But this stuff, you're like, fuck yeah, I'll eat every one of those things. All right, trivia. 
is about uh, if you watch the show, you know that they have two hosts, one of which is a middle-aged blonde lady with fucked up teeth. The other is a Rachel Maddow impersonator. <laughs> now, okay, I understand that that's a, a, a good look for lesbians these days. Uh, you want to be identified as a, a lesbian, but you still want to have a good look. Okay. Short, dark hair and thick rims. That's the way to go. I don't know that this lady is a lesbian, but I wouldn't be surprised if she was. Okay. But the point is... That seems to be a look these days. And maybe because Rachel Maddow was the first high-profile lesbian to have that look, that I call it the Rachel Maddow, but it is a thing. I I don't know that it's a thing between lesbians, but it's definitely a thing. Short black hair, thick black frames, and and a suit jacket for women. Yeah. Right? So that's a look. And, okay, so uh, there was a TV show that Judy Greer was on. She was a regular... Uh, semi-regular she played uh, she played like an ex-girlfriend of one of the characters but in uh, but she also there was a few episodes where she played other characters other female characters that this guy was dating or hitting on and in one of them she played this lesbian who looked just like Rachel Maddow it was Judy Greer but she was dressed up in that outfit mm. with that look <clears throat> so the question is what's the show is this recently um, I'll say the show just recently went off the air. Huh, okay. So it's it went definitely within our adult uh, lifetimes. It's a comedy? Mm-hmm. Is it... I know we're not playing 20 questions, but is it um, broadcast or cable? <laughs> broadcast. broadcast. Network. Broadcast network show that just recently went off the air. Comedy. I have no idea. I can't even come up with a guess. Wow. Um, just recently went off the air. Yeah. Within the past three, four years. Oh, within the past three or four years. Okay. Not oh, like okay. last season. So was it um, Two and a Half Men? Yes, it was! All right. Well done. Look, there it is. Two and a half men. Yeah. It was actually in the first episode that Ashton Kutcher was on after Charlie okay. Sheen left. Um, Judy Greer played his ex-girlfriend and he kept wanting to get back together. And then there was a, there was a scene where he and uh, the other guy went out to uh, a bar to pick up women. And Judy Greer played a couple different women in the bar that he was trying to pick up on. That's fun. Yeah. Um, and then she left the show and I stopped watching it. So, sorry, suckers. David got it. You want a prize? Nope. Okay, well, the question last week, you remember it about Jessica Alba? Yeah, it was what was the, uh, what was the, um, the show she was a regular on before Dark Angel that she actually did more episodes of than Dark Angel? And Jen Edwards wrote in and got it correct. She was yep. the first one. Flipper. Flipper. Was the show. Yes, the syndicated. The 90s syndicated, uh, drama Flipper. I thought that was a movie. There was a movie in the 90s, too, with Paul Hogan, uh, which I never saw. But she wasn't in it? No, I don't think the two had anything to do with it. Or I wonder if maybe after the movie came out is when they made a show, but it's not... Maybe. I don't know. I know it was a universal show. Um, But Jen Edwards got it right, and uh, oddly enough, I just sent her some prizes. Nick Mendoza got it right the second time. Mendoza. Mendoza. So I did send out a bunch of prizes. I sent out 
DVDs and T-shirts and uh, all kinds of shit. And the dude who ordered my CD, that is on its way. In fact, you should have them by tomorrow. So please let me know if you get a prize so I can, uh, uh, you know, scratch you off my list. And you can tell me what uh, if you like the prize or not. Um, and the way you do that is to write to me, Paul, at thekingoftv.com. And thekingoftv.com is where you go for all your King of TV needs. Although, it's down right now. Did I tell you this? No. Apparently, uh, my site got some malware. Someone put some malware on it. Yeah. And uh, it was sending out spam to a bunch of fucking people. Oh, Jesus. So, my hosting people shut it down. And I have to, like, now take out all these files and replace it. But that doesn't mean you can't listen to the podcast. Obviously, you're still listening to it. If you just if you listen to it on my website, you can't. But you can still listen to it through iTunes and Libsyn. And when it gets posted on Battleship Pretension, yep. you can listen to it there. Um, and you can always follow me uh, on the Facebook and be my friend. You can uh, see my hilarious stuff on uh, on the Twitter. Man, I've been burning it up with all my hilarious police brutality tweets. Oh, cool. Um, and. Uh, uh, I don't know if there's other stuff you want to follow me on, too. I, I I talked to a friend who I went to college with, and I asked her if I, she saw me on At Midnight. And she was like, oh, I didn't even know about it. So as we're chatting, she punches my name in her, to her on demand. And there it was, Paul Goebel. Which you can do. I did it, too. And it was two episodes of Will and Grace coming up. So... Wait, you want you to see were, my? You were in two episodes. Of no, they were oh. just showing showing <laughs> twice. twice. Okay. Yeah, showing the episode twice. Um, and David is also able to be reached. Yeah, by uh, people. You mentioned battleshipretention.com. That's where you can find my other podcasts and all my movie reviews, including my review of The Secret Life of Pets. Uh, plenty of other stuff at battleshipretention.com. You can email me at david at battleshipretention.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Davy Pretension, where you can find my uh, Snapchat in the bio. Cool. Um, I also, since you brought the Secret Life of Pets, I wanted to say that it's a really good cast. The casting I thought was was pretty good. You got, got Louis C.K., yeah. Eric Stone Street, uh, Jenny Slate. Um, Bobby Moynihan, Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart, um, Ellie Kemper, yeah, uh, Lake Bell, right, Albert Brooks. He was great. Albert Brooks. It was like Albert Brooks doing a Gary Marshall impression. <laughs> it was so good, and it made uh, I don't know, it just made sense. But like, it's not like you were watching it and went, "Oh, that's uh, that's that's Ellen DeGeneres and Albert Brooks." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I went, "Who are those two dogs?" And Brooks said, it's Louis C.K. and the guy from Modern Family. And I was like, oh, okay, I hear it. And even Bobby Moynihan was like, I know that voice from yeah. somewhere. But they're, but they're good enough. And then, uh, uh, and especially Jenny Slate, you know, she's an amazing voiceover artist. Yeah. But I found it funny, like, Belle, who made that voiceover movie, uh-huh. had the most normal voice of all the animals. <laughs> she's just a lazy cat. Um, uh, all right, so you moving on to Steve Brule. Yeah, I'd never watched this before. You, and you never saw it when it was Segments on Tim and Eric? No, I did see it when it was Segments on Tim and Eric. Oh, okay. I'd never watched Check It Out before. Because it's pretty much the same thing, just a yeah, little just, bit longer. just longer. Yeah, okay. Uh, and I loved it. I laughed uh, nonstop. And this is one of the lesser funny episodes. Yeah? Honestly, like, you watched the episode last week. It's a hundred times funnier. But this one has some of the just the classic shit that makes me laugh. Every name... 
that he introduces is wrong. Oh my god. It's so great. I laughed so hard. I don't know if this is an ongoing thing, but the fact that we find out that his mother's name was Doris Pringle Brule Salahari, that made me laugh so hard. Why? Because it's just a crazy long name. Well, and the Brule is only just the middle part of it. Yeah, in, in earlier episodes, she's Doris Pringle Brule. She has since gotten married. <laughs> That's even funnier. Yeah. Um, uh, I also... Uh, Love, I something about the John C. Riley the way he can sell the joke because a lot of times you laugh. The reason you laugh at something is because you didn't expect it. Yeah. But what he can do, I think, what Tim and Eric can do in general is like set up. It's clear where this joke is going, and then create some tension about what's it going to take to get there, and then when it happens. Yeah. The one I'm thinking of in particular is when he goes to the spelling bee, and like you know he's going to misspell ham. That's clearly the joke. Ham is a, a crazy easy word to spell. Right. You know he's going to misspell it, so it's about how's he going to misspell it? How's he? <laughs> and it take, he gets to a h and a like easy, and then he's like it draws it out, and then he just goes, <laughs> and then a bunch of other garbage. SSSFPV. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it makes it's like he did it in the, a way nobody would do it, and everything is like that. I lo- and I like when he has guests because. Well, first of all, the the main joke that I like the best is that he always has to be the smartest guy, even though he's clearly an idiot. I don't know how, where he got his his degree or what it's <laughs> yeah. in, but he's clearly a fucking moron. And we're watching, and, and Brooke says, so this show comes on after the channel goes off? And I'm like, no, the channel just came on. It just started. Yeah. Starts with the the national anthem and he's the first show yeah. even before mass for shut-ins and all that shit they put him on first he's no up against perspectives perspectives <laughs> right perspectives uh but then he interviews people and he's like it that's hilarious because he's a complete mental deficient who is talking down to these people uh-huh. which is brilliant gets their names wrong and then just says stuff like in this one let's see who knows more words Drangus. <laughs> and the guy's polite enough not to go, that's not a word. You hey. just made that up. And then he can't just go, it's your dick. It's your wiener. He has to say, it's the naked boy part in front of you. <laughs> and then, Rangus. Okay, what's that? Your butthole? No, that's brown rain from your bottom. <laughs> and the guy even says, so diarrhea? <laughs> so yeah, that, great. That guy was a great sport. I like... And they're all like that. Yeah, I don't all know his to guests. what extent people are in on the joke beforehand. They gotta be somehow. Yeah, because clearly the librarian guy, who didn't seem like he was in on the joke, but then like said, thank you, master, to the right. Bob from Twin Peaks type character who poked out from the... the yeah, stacks. so they get in it somehow. And it's... Here's the thing I didn't like about Tim and Eric's awesome show. They would get guys like that fucking idiot with the puppets, or that moron who thought he did impressions... You know who I'm talking about? Uh, well, I know who the first one is. The second one, they had a lot of impressions. James Whale? Okay. Is that him? Yeah, I think so. But they did There's a lot of other... Want some spaghetti and meatballs? That fucking idiot. <laughs> the, my point being, these guys think they're actually good and people want them to do what they do. Because they have made a decent amount of money being on the Tim and Eric show. So they think, oh yeah, they want me to come on. Because either, whether it's because of their dissonance... Or whatever, they refuse to accept that they're being paid to be laughed at. They're being paid to be laughed at. They are being pointed at 
and laughed at because they're ridiculous I don't want to human beings. Because I don't feel that's the case with Tim and Eric. I, I, think okay. that they, I think they are perfectly respectful of these people. But here is the difference with Steve Brule. A, he's not a real dude. <laughs> B, he's played by an Oscar-nominated actor <laughs> <Yeah>. who's <laughs> one of the best like actors of his age because he's not old and he's not young anymore. He yeah. really is middle-aged. And of his age and stature and stuff, he's one of the best. I don't think there are anyone there's anyone like, you know, in that age range who can do comedy and drama as well as he can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is fucking. Um, I don't care what you think about the Ricky Bobby movie. He's hysterical in it. And then you look at another movie like Chicago, a musical. Mm-hmm. He's nominated for that movie. Yeah, yeah. And then a, a small part in uh, uh, that Jack Nicholson one about the dude who was buried. Jimmy Hoffa, the Jimmy oh, Hoffa movie. I don't remember. Him. He's one of the guys they go hunting with. Okay. Remember that hunting scene? He's, he's one of the kids time. in that. But he's very young, but he's really good. And also, uh, Casualties of War. He was the oh, young yeah. guy in that, too. So he's great in everything, but th- he has to be to pull this off. Otherwise, it's just some guy acting like an idiot. Because he's an actor, he's got this whole life of this character. And then on top of that, when they bring in people, they're like, oh, this guy's just being an asshole, so I guess it doesn't right. matter what I do. The people they're bringing in are not the joke. You're supposed to laugh at exactly. Steve. So, like, when he keeps asking that uh, Chinese woman for a kiss, like, she comes out looking way better. Of course. Know? She says, we're just friends. She's not mean <laughs> about it. She just keeps saying, we're just friends. And that's the way it should be, because he's a gross weirdo, and he doesn't know anything. But that's pretty much the show every week. He says a dumb poem. He says the poem was written by this person. They show a picture. The name is completely different. (laughs) (laughs) He'll go to some place and get weird. For some reason, there's always a woman he gets attached to. Sometimes it's a dude. But it's the same thing every time. And 15 minutes later, it's over. And it's fucking hysterical. And I've noticed this season, he gets sicker a lot more than he used to. Like, throws up and vomits. Maybe not in this one, but in the one before, definitely. Um, I think it was about cats. Okay. And the way he he misspells words and mispronounces them. And intentionally, in the case of the word words. He thought there's no D in it. He took out the D. He's like, too many letters. Words. Words. (laughs) That one made me think of Donald Trump. Uh, I think it was inspired by Donald Trump and all his words. I also... Uh, maybe one of the things I laughed hardest at, even though it's just very silly and stupid, but when he was interviewing that one woman, uh, I can't remember what, about the Spanish language, and she's a Spanish teacher, and he uh, referred to her as the Swedish old granny. Yeah. That, I thought it was very funny, because she went, she was like, she was flattered, I think. But then it got a little weird. Oh, yeah. She was like, time to go. Yeah, because they get real people. One time, I, I think it was last season, he talked to uh, a dude who plays... Um, Jack Sparrow on Hollywood Boulevard. Hmm. He had him on. And I think he thought, like he was pretending that he thought he was the real Johnny Depp. Oh, okay. But he called them all kinds of different names. Uh, It's a funny show. That's just the bottom line. And this is one of the few shows that I think transcend people's tastes about comedy or transcends their uh, biases about comedy uh-huh. because it really does, you know, like Pat Oswald says, it really does fit into whatever it is. It just keys into this thing that makes people laugh. Whatever it is that makes you laugh, that you find funny, 
it just does it in such a perfect way. You know, Brooke and I find a lot of shit funny, but there's a lot of shit that we, that I think is awesome, that she hates, and vice mm-hmm. versa. She, you know, she thinks certain shows are funny. I'm like, this is the fucking worst. This is no good. <laughs> Terrible. Um, but that, we watch, and it, we laugh, and I get the feeling we're both laughing for different reasons. Uh-huh. And yet we're both enjoying it so much. You know, it's it's brilliant. And especially coming from those guys, I've always felt like Tim and Eric, everything they do, whether it's going to the mayor or Good, show, good Job Show or... What was the horror stories one? Yeah, Bedtime Stories. Yeah, I think it's good. It was always great idea... Poor execution. And sometimes the poor execution was simply just not talented enough to pull it off. I gotta disagree with you. I mean, they're sometimes I think they're so perfect that it it's hard to laugh at it because it's too real. <laughs> well and, and and I'm saying that's a failure. Because I know I think that's what they're going for. Okay, but then it's not a comedy show. See what I'm saying? You still have to make it funny. That's yeah. That, that, that's a much bigger philosophical debate. Right. What but this show, comedy. this show is nothing but a comedy show. No social messages, no learning, no storyline because it's not that kind of a show. And no, it's yeah, it's a, like a, a sprint of silliness. Like it yeah. comes out of the gate if, for eleven minutes, it goes yeah. full speed silly. It could be it could be categorized as a spoof. Of local news right. shows, but even that like I think yeah. is is does it short shrift because it's it's like what if you gave a person who was completely uh, had no experience, completely inexperienced and unqualified, uh-huh. gave him a show, and everyone else was unqualified too? Because there's also those little commercials for with those weirdos for whatever throughout it, you know. Like the guy, the the weird guy who's hunched over, and he was going to oh, talk yeah. about something. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, and then someone will say, have a commercial for their store where they have weird orange colored meat there, you know. And these people aren't actors; they're weirdos. And then it's cut and edited in such a way to make you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And also, like all the videotape stuff. Yeah. So does that? Are we supposed to think that this took place in the eighties or the seventies? Because that's an effect. Yeah. It doesn't happen anymore, yeah, right? That, I love that. And, yeah, and I don't care if they don't uh, they don't uh, explain it. It's just part of the weirdness and ineptitude of this world they have created. Yeah. And, and bottom line is it's super funny. And I have yet to meet anyone who has not watched it and gone, man, this is a funny show. Yeah. But also, if they were to expand it. Or change it in any way. Yeah. Make it bigger. Make it commercialized. Ruined. Yeah. If it went to a half an hour, it would be... Just that would ruin it. Yeah. Because it, it, uh, it would run out of steam halfway through. Right? But if I went, like, to... Uh, uh, what's Wacko or Meltdown and saw Steve Brule shit for sale, mm-hmm. I'd be pissed. Like, I'll buy a Steve Brule action figure. Okay. But I don't want the Steve Brule costume, first of all. Okay. Don't sell me a wig and thick glasses and tell me it's a Steve Brule costume. I don't want you to sell me shit from the show. Like, look, it's the boat from the boat episode. Mm-hmm. That's horse shit. And I especially don't want you to sell me Steve Brule's combs. Steve Brule, uh, you know. I don't think we're in danger. Pen and pencil set. Okay, good. 
And if they were to show Steve Rule on the network, definitely would ruin it. All right. All right. Um, so I think there's a minimum of fucking around. Yeah. Just got an email from uh, the guy working on my site. So th- that should be good. Okay. Um, so next week, uh, which is, uh, you know, it's my birthday week. Yeah. Next week is the day before my birthday. For those of you in L.A., I will be performing tomorrow, this Monday, at the Three of Clubs as part of the Dirty Birdie Story Hour, Dirty Birdie Story Hour show. And then next week, on my birthday, I will be performing Mike Smith's show, 202020, along with some funny other people telling 20-minute stories. Also at the Three Clubs. Also at the Three Clubs, and that's on my birthday. So, um, so it's busy week. You, you can get all kinds of Paul Goble up inside, up inside you. <laughs> and I next week want to watch Stranger Things on the Netflix, which is a new show that looks good. Okay, they're, they're showing they're you know putting all episodes available. Of course, Wednesday I believe. And you, I want to watch the Night of um, on on HBO, which premieres tonight. Now, if you haven't noticed. You know, there's a lot of big billboards, especially here in L.A., for the night of. Um, but there's also best bus bench ads for uh, John Turturro's character, who's a lawyer on the show. Right. And it's like, says, you know, get in, get out, call us, we'll get you out. And there's a phone number and a website and yeah. all, but then it goes to whatever. But I've noticed that's a bigger thing now. Like, we bought a Better Call Saul action figure, and uh-huh. it came with a business card. With a real phone number on it. Uh-huh. You call it, and it's Bob Odenkirk's voice saying, Hi, you've reached the offices of Saul Goodman, lawyer. We're not in right now. And it's this long fucking thing with a bunch of funny stuff. He tells you where to go. Uh, if you have a case, how he can help you. Mentions his, a couple funny references to Breaking Bad. And it's like a thing. It's like a whole thing. In the old days, I they didn't it. do that, right? Yeah, but I like that kind of stuff. I do too. And I like it when you can go to a website... And it works. Yeah, it's not just like on this one. If you go to, <laughs> you know, whatever, Don Gorski, you know, law.com, mm-hmm. it just takes you to the HBO website for, oh, for the night of. But there were some like Chuck, if you went to Nerd Herd or whatever the store they worked at, yeah. you could look around on the store and shit like that. I like that stuff. I like that too. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's all for the show. I hope uh, I might have some big news next week. Okay, so So then I will stay tuned and watch this. Every story has a beginning. We were just an ordinary family. Hold on! Hold on! Something extraordinary has happened. You can jump just over a quarter mile, can lift 11,000 pounds. I'm fast. I can hear people's thoughts. I've got like the super brain. So you turn your garage into what every secret crime fighter needs. Where? Don't you see? I can finally make a difference. You thought you were the only one? Find out who knows about him and then take care of him.